Welcome to the Underrepresented in Tech podcast, hosted by Michelle Frechette and Ali Nimmons. Underrepresented in Tech is a free database built with the goal of helping people find new opportunities in WordPress and tech overall. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Underrepresented in Tech podcast. And today, Allie Nimmons is out. She is still moving from uh, Florida to Texas. So I have a different Allie with me today, Allie Dye. Hi, Allie. How are you doing? Hi, Michelle. It's great to be here. It's always great to see you. I always appreciate talking to you. And, um, you know, we share so many things in common, even though I'm old enough to be like your mother or grandmother or something like that. I don't, but anyway, <laughs> moving on from that, um, <laughs> it's, it's always good to see you. And we text each other, too, because we um, support one another as spoonies, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, so, I think community is super important. Absolutely. So tell me in your own words, what does it mean? And I don't, you don't have to go into the story of what a spoonie is, but what does it mean to you to be a spoonie? Be a spoonie means, you know, we don't have um, the normal energy levels as, say, your average person. So less energy and a lot of, I always think of like the mental struggle for a spoonie is, you know, we struggle with brain frog brain frog. There we go. Uh, (laughs) Brain fog. Perfect example. (laughs) Perfect example. Um, Difficulty focusing and concentration. So like it not only impacts our physical well-being, but also our mental, even in emotional. Um, Mm -hmm. We just have a little less sometimes than uh, most people. And we have a lot of extra things as well, like pain or um, all those cognitive um, difficulties as well. Mm-hmm. It's one of those like the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Only it's like the spirit is willing, but the flesh has broken down. <laughs> we cannot yes. make it do what we want it to do. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Uh, I know. I lay on my couch at the end of the day every day, and I'm like, oh, there's so many things I should be doing right now. But should is like the enemy of a spoonie because you just don't have the energy to do it. You have to find alternate ways to get things done, and you have to decide what's not important today. Yeah. Exactly. I also do a similar thing. I'll like collapse onto my bed or the couch. And it's hilarious um, to see because I have a desk job, right? So I am sitting down all day long. And yet at the end of the day, just like mental and f- mentally and physically, I just feel exhausted, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. I often say that one of the hardest things for me to do is take a shower. It is yes. the most exhausting thing in the world. Like most people are like, I'm going to take a shower. I'm going to feel so exhilarated. It's like I get in the shower and I have a shower chair. So like I even sit down to take a shower and like washing my hair is like, oh, I have to lift my arms higher than my shoulders for more than like, hey, and, and a wave. It's like I have to wash my hair. I have to, you know, wash my body. I have to do all these things with to wash my face. And by the time mm-hmm. I'm done with like an eight minute shower, I'm ready for a nap. But no, I've got to get dressed and go to work. So, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It can, it can be a challenge for sure. I definitely relate you, to that. Yeah, for sure. You and I both work at companies where they're very accommodating and understanding of mm-hmm. what we go through on a day-to-day basis. So, um, you know, tell a little bit about yourself. If you want to talk about, you know, your, your invisible illness, you're welcome to do that. Um, and how you, you know, find working at Valet so accommodating for you. Well, living with multiple sclerosis, which is my diagnosis, I suffer from um, neurological symptoms, which can be really scary. And then, of course, there's just 
mental fatigue and physical fatigue. And for the longest time, even as a teenager, I was doing like nanny work. Um, I was doing um, after school homework and uh, study groups. And I loved working with kids and I would walk to work like all the way. And yet ever since I was a kid and I had MS, I just got older sooner, it felt like. So like now I'm like, wow, when I was 14, I could do so much. And now, you know, I'm 22 and I can do way less. And so I've just seen how the progression of the illness has kind of changed my even career trajectory. So it went from then I was driving to do nanny work at places that I preferred over other places. And that was fine until I couldn't drive anymore. And my mom was having to drive me to work every day and coming to pick me up. And then there were times when, you know, my parents are concerned, you know, like I have a mental breakdown, you know, because I'm easily overwhelmed. My brain is already trying to deal with so many other things. Um, They're like, then she's out in the world driving and, you know, that could be dangerous. And so it would, it came, it became very clear that I needed to do something from home. And I really feel like I got quite the great opportunity in just coming on to ballet and they're like, you know, I'm doing social media stuff, which is just like super fun to me. You know, it's never what I went out and planned to do with my life, but it just fit for some reason, you know, it just instantly fit. And after that, there were just so many other opportunities. Now I'm project manager there. And um, just that was amazing because suddenly my mom didn't have to be coordinating, driving me to work, which didn't feel the greatest. Um, I wasn't doing long nanny hours, which are physically very taxing. Um, And at this point in time, I would be completely unable to physically handle that. And with this, it's from home. um, The hours are flexible and everyone on the team is so understanding um, of my situation, which is huge because I know so many people who have lost their jobs over, you know, well, you used all your sick time and you're taking time off. Well, then we're going to have to fire you. Like those are literal things that happen to people Yeah, um, for sure. because, you know, you have to do so many doctor visits. And um, I was joking with um, my dad who actually works at LA as well because, um, you know, he never uses his sick time because <laughs> he has like a one doctor visit a year and he's never <laughs> sick. Um, and I'm like, yeah, that's not, that's definitely not me. But, you know, valet is super, uh, understanding of that and they coordinate and they work out special, um, I would say, um, special care for each individual member on the team, Mm -hmm. um, which is, I think important for any team. And if, even if you don't have an invisible illness. Yeah, I think that's very true. You know, um, everybody knows I work for GiveWP and, the day after my daughter's wedding, I was working the afternoon. I had taken the morning off. I should have taken the whole day off because I should have realized I would use up like weeks worth of spoons in, a, in mm-hmm. my own child's wedding. But I hadn't, I, I had to sign in, you know, at one o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And luckily for me, like I could answer tickets and manage some of the social things that I do on like on our Facebook group and things from my phone. So for like mm-hmm. two of the after- hours in the afternoon, I actually was working from my cell phone until I had to mm-hmm. actually get up and do some other things. But it gave me enough of a time to rest and work from my phone before I needed to actually kind of be at a desktop and do some things. And then mm-hmm. after those two hours are done, right back in bed because <laughs> I needed right. the rest for sure. Right. Yeah. So it's good to have it's good to have people. It's good to that understand. And it's good to have um, employers for for sure. That can be accommodating mm-hmm. to to the needs of their individual yeah. employees. Yeah, mm-hmm. for, for sure. sure. 
One of the toughest things I think about some of these invisible illnesses, as we call them, you know, so I walk with a cane, I use a scooter, I, I can see your cane, I know everybody else can see it, I see it right in the, in the frame there. <laughs> oh, and yeah. You've, and you've shared with me that sometimes you use a wheelchair and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and of course, I do that at airports and things too. Is And so we call it invisible because we don't, you can't, we're not missing limbs, you know, we're not, um, there's no, phys- you can't, there's nothing you can see other than right. the fact that we use mobility devices to get around. And so we call them invisible illnesses, but they can take things away from us that we mm-hmm. hate to lose. Some of that is independence, right? Like you can't yeah. drive right now, right? So that's mm-hmm. very frustrating, I'm sure. Um, mm-hmm. And to have other places be accommodating and give back some of those abilities and incorporate us into communities, I think is, mm-hmm. um, is phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. Because it could be, you know, if I had to drive to work every day at this point, you know, I would be unable to continue driving to work because that's Mm -hmm. just off the table completely. So I would probably lose my job in that case. Whereas I feel like my job at LA allows me to continue with my job and my role and I still get to work, you know, which is Mm -hmm. something that I I like and enjoy doing. Um, And it's like I'm not excluded from a part of the world Um, because so many times with invisible illnesses and disabilities – we get blocked off of so many things. Um, I was going into a physical building recently and they had an accessibility sign on it. It said, you know, we're accessible. But as I went up the ramp, I realized that the doorstep was huge and I would need help getting my wheelchair into the building. So yes, they had a ramp, but the doorstep was Mm -hmm. too big. So they were only partially accessible. And so I think like in the workplace, Um, We're excluded from so many jobs and positions and careers. And um, I really appreciate when companies like Ballet or GiveWP or so many other places, even places that have physical headquarters, Mm -hmm. make the accommodations of remote working and all of those things for people who need it. Mm -hmm. And flexible time, flexible scheduling, Mm -hmm. you know, that if if you can't put in eight hours today, you could put in more hours other days and things mm-hmm. like that. It, it depends on the job. Of course, you know, I am a five, yeah. a five day a week person. I, I assume you probably are too, but then mm-hmm. there's some flexibility. If I have a doctor's appointment, you know, I can work more on Thursday than I did yesterday or those kinds of things. So yeah, I do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It makes it a lot easier for sure. When you think about attending conferences and things like that, um, what are some of your fears as somebody with mobility issues and energy? Um, top fears are um, probably like, um, independence for being around, or am I going to need to make sure that there's someone there who can help me? Um, so that would be a huge fear. Um, another one would probably be just like, um, how comfortable you can feel there. Because sometimes if you're going around with a mobility aid, it can be uncomfortable to then like show up at a table where your wheelchair doesn't fit. And Mm -hmm. it's just, it can feel sort of embarrassing because you just, already feel like you're standing out and suddenly you can't like sit at the table and that's just a horrible feeling Mm -hmm. um I know that um so that would be another fear so like is there a place for the wheelchair where there's you know a bunch of seating or is it going to be like wow I'm sitting in the aisle you know (laughs) like I don't want everyone staring at me and that's another thing too is just like how everyone else reacts um to that I think like 
I don't need you to feel sorry for me. I don't need you to. Um, recently, someone said was talking about future plans for after COVID going someplace. And I was like, oh, I wonder if that place is wheelchair accessible because I might need my wheelchair that day. Mm-hmm. And they were like, well, you know what? It's fine. We can pick you up and carry you. And in that moment, I was like, uh, it takes away your dignity and your independence. And it's like, mm-hmm. I get to decide what happens to my body. And so I think yes. like some comments like that, where people will suddenly be like, well, you know, even if you can't go, we'll just carry you. It's like, no, no, you can't actually. And so just being people being aware of like, no, and my wheelchair isn't a sad thing. Um, mm-hmm. Mobility aids, you don't need to say, well, I hope one day you don't need it because actually I'm grateful for it because it gets mm-hmm. me around, right? So I think also people's comments and just the way they react to it is also probably a huge fear um, of mine. Yeah, I can understand that. I, um, I The last few WordCamps I've gone to, I've used a scooter. And mm-hmm. I mean, granted, this was all pre-COVID, but, but still, you know, two or three camps that I attended, I used a scooter. And my first thought was, it's going to feel weird. But I'll tell you what, holy cow, it was just, there, it was freedom. It was the ability to not mm-hmm. have to sit in one spot all day and have people, you know, bring me my lunch, as opposed to be able to just like toodaloo, go wherever I wanted to and have lunch with everybody, you know, and those kinds right. of things. Right. Yeah. For sure. And then right before Christmas, I found one on Facebook Marketplace for $250, a mobility scooter, which is like ridiculously cheap. And I tried it out. I bought it and I named it Freedom because I am I was able to really enjoy my daughter's wedding because I could mm-hmm. get around easily and visit with people and see things. And uh, it was just, it was awesome. And that isn't to say that I don't sometimes rely on, on help from others because I certainly do. You know, there right. there were my, my best friends were there that weekend and they were helping me out too and making sure that everything worked out the way it was. Partly because, you know, mobility, partly because I was a scatterbrained mother of the bride. <laughs> so mm-hmm. a lot of the, and those right. things go hand in hand. Um, but, you know, but but having people who are understanding and, and not in the way like, well, we'll just pick you up and take you, like you said, but <laughs> yeah. have, actually have the ability to think about what is best for you in, mm-hmm. and know what you prefer and then right. work with you that way, you know. Mm-hmm. So for sure. offer things as opposed to assume things is always, I think, really good. Like, would you like me to get you a plate? Um, mm-hmm. You know, or did you want to walk up and I can carry it for you? Like, give you options, but think in ways that are helpful, but not assume what you need. Yes. I think it's super yes. important. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, for me, when it comes to events like that, I worry that that there won't always be um, – like you say that the door stops will be too high. Like, yeah, there'll be a ramp, but it only goes so far. And then there's an escalator or the elevator yeah. will be broken, you know, kind of thing. Um, there was a WordCamp US in Nashville. I was using a cane and the, the place where food was being served. So like where, where lunch was, was so far away from where our sponsor table was the first day I walked down and back and it darn near killed me. It was, it was so far away. Yeah. It was the same building, but this building was a huge city block. Right. And mm-hmm. the second day, um, Amanda Gorman said, I'll go grab us lunch and I'll come back and eat with you. And that to me was like, so amazing because mm-hmm. she thought not only like, oh, I'll bring you back lunch after she sits and eats with everybody else. She was kind enough to think, I'm going to go grab us lunch and we'll eat together. And that mm-hmm. meant the world to me. So like those kinds of things I think are super important. But also to think about the fact that if I'd had a scooter, no problem. I'd just toot along down with everybody else. 
but not always does somebody who has mobility issues have the ability to use a scooter or, or a wheelchair in certain events. And if somebody's using a cane or a walker, you know, down and around the corner, it may as well be a hundred mile journey. So you to think yeah. about how far things are spaced in an event like that is really important for sure. Yeah. One of the things they did for me at the last WordCamp US where I did have a scooter was um, the stage for State of the Word had a ramp up to it because they invited all of the organizers onto stage at the end. And so I didn't have to sit at the front on the bottom. I was able to go up on the stage with everybody else because they had thought in advance to include that. And I was really touched by that too. Oh, yeah. It was pretty cool. Now, um, I know you have a podcast that I can't listen to. And people are going to be like, why can't you <laughs> listen to it, Michelle? Well, I could listen to it. I wouldn't understand a word because you have a podcast about invisible illness, but it's in Italian. So could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, it's called Manon Sembri Malata, which means, but you don't look sick, because that's a comment we often receive as people with invisible illnesses and um, disabilities. And um, it's sort of, I know that some people say it out of just um, not knowing, right? Like, or as a compliment, but some people say it as in excluding you from any possibility of needing help or um, just completely denying anything that you've shared with them. Like, yeah, okay, I get it. You have this illness, but you don't look sick. So to me, you're not sick, which is um, completely hurtful um, at times. And so um, I created the podcast with um, my best friend. Her name is Nicole Calvani, and we do it together once a week. And it has grown slowly but surely. We have um, uh, social media profiles on all the platforms, and we recently launched a website and a Slack community um, where mm -hmm. we can just all share our, you know, everyday lives with our different. Um, invisible illnesses and disabilities, and even mental illnesses, because those are invisible too. Um, and so the community has grown way faster than I ever imagined, and it's really taken off. And something we just started as sort of like a pandemic, we're still stuck in our houses kind of a mm -hmm. project, has just grown into this community that's bigger than us. And sometimes we just, I'll get goosebumps from the messages we receive from people who are just telling us, like, we needed this community. Um, and I see communities like that in English everywhere, um, but I'd never seen one for um, people who are in Italy and speak only Italian. And um, so that's just kind of how the idea came about. Also, because I wanted it in Italian as well, because I enjoy, um, you know, talking with Italians and I identify as Italian as well. So mm -hmm. I wanted it for myself and other people wanted it, too. So it's been pretty amazing. That's wonderful. I'm so excited for you. And I really do wish I could listen to it. <laughs> I'm sure I'd listen to it. It sounds beautiful, but I wouldn't understand a word. <laughs> but it's good. It's good. But so many things are in English. So it's nice to be able to serve um, other populations who are hurting or needing or wanting content that you can do it in another language and be able to provide that. I think that's wonderful. Absolutely. Yeah. Any uh, parting thoughts today before we wrap up? I'm really grateful that you had me on today, and I'm really grateful for all the companies and agencies everywhere who are making accommodations and opening the world up for people like us, which um, who encounter so many other barriers. It's mm -hmm. just one less barrier we have to uh, move around or across or over, or you know, sometimes we just have to give up. And so I'm really thankful for people who are breaking down those barriers for everyone. Absolutely, and. 
uh, shout out to Valet for being so accommodating. Shout out to Give WP for being so accommodating and all of the other organizations, as you said, that are also accommodating. Um, I wish you all the spoons in the world, Allie. <laughs> I wish you all the spoons too, Michelle, <laughs> if I have any left. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we just had somebody just sending us spoons. That'd be awesome. But <laughs> Yes. <laughs> This episode was sponsored by the following companies. Yikes, Inc. Yikes, Inc. is a collaborative, results-driven, Philadelphia-based WordPress agency dedicated to sustainable business practices. Thank you so much to our sponsors for this episode. If you're interested in sponsoring an episode, using our database, or just want to say hi, go to underrepresentedintech.com. See you next week.